is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with SystemsForSelfCare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today on the podcast, I have a coach, a personal trainer. Rachel, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I always like to just get started in hearing more about your journey with fitness. Um, were, were you an athlete growing up? Was uh, sports your thing growing up? It was. Um, so I was always kind of a three-sport athlete growing up, um, but I never really thought that was something that I could make money doing. Uh, <laughs> if I wasn't going to be professional, it's kind of yeah. like, okay, what, what's next? Um so I kind of was into like the ball sports. Um, I was a pitcher in softball through high school and, um, you know, played intramurally in college. I went to Boston College, so it was Division One play, and I just wanted to keep playing and, and having it be in my life. Um, and I graduated back in 2007. After that, I thought I was going to go like law school route. I had been working at a couple different law firms and realized like the best part of my day was when I went to the gym after work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I spent a few years kind of like trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then in 2010, um, I was living in New York city and applied to Equinox, which I think there's some in Chicago as well. Mm -hmm. And I was very green. Um, I didn't major in that at all. Uh, My husband, Patrick did major in the field. um, And so we ended up building our company, which we have now uh, main street strength. But originally I started as a personal trainer at Equinox in New York city, um, worked my way into management and then kind of like, again, started realizing I don't want to be at a desk. Like this is why I came into this field to begin with. (laughs) And now I'm working 60 hours, mostly at a desk. Um, So in, at the end of 2017, we established Main Street Strength. And um, originally we did have a brick and mortar outside of New York City. And um, COVID and the fact that we have two kids under five, uh, really pushed us to move our entire business online. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's where we are. We've been yeah. doing that for just about a year. It's been totally online. So it's been awesome. Yeah. It's always good to hear kind of the twists and turns in someone's life. I think that like, we think we're supposed to know like, oh, I'm going to declare my major when I'm 18. Right. I'm going to graduate college at 21 or 22. And like, that's set. I'm going to do that. And they're like, Oh shoot. I think especially now it's like, I don't want to be in front of a computer all day. I don't want right. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very much uh, a wake up call, especially if you're like used to moving throughout your day. And then I don't know, it's probably how our son will feel starting kindergarten. He's going to have to like be sitting all day. <laughs> I used to teach kindergarten. We try to get movement in there. But yeah. It's not like, Aww. yeah. Um. So that's really interesting. So you went from being at a desk job to having more movement and then being back at a desk job and then being in the gym again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, um, so the gym that you worked at, what kind of things were you guys doing there in person? When we had the brick and mortar space. Um, so we 
predominantly use two methodologies um, for strength and conditioning uh, with our students. I'm not sure if you've heard of Strong First or seen them on the internet, but um, they're kind of a school of strength uh, around the world. And we mostly coach using kettlebells, uh, some barbell movement and body weight. So uh, we were doing a lot of that. We're still an, an affiliate of Strong First. Um, so we did that either one-on-one or in our classes that we had going on. Um, and then we also use another methodology called functional range conditioning, which addresses more like joint health and mobility training. So we kind of like fuse those two systems together um, and use that both in person. And then we still use it uh, remotely with our students. Um, and since we met on the Kajabi platform, uh, that's what we use. We still put out four classes every week um, for our members and students. So, yeah. Can you share a little bit more about um, strength and why it's so important? So I have a lot of listeners who are into running, but like, oh, like lifting or doing body weight things. It's, they're just not there or they've maybe done a program in the past that was really focused on burning calories, mm-hmm. but not like being strong and why that's mm-hmm. important. So can you just share more about that? Sure. Um, well, the name strong first is exactly how it sounds. Um, like that whole system and and what we believe as well is that before you do anything, you need to be strong first. So if strength is not your primary goal, it's going to need to be a goal, whether you like it or not at some (laughs) point. Um, you know, especially for running, like if, if we don't have the strength and power to move our bodies through locomotion, um, then it's going to be a lot harder to get faster. Um, or run longer distances if we just don't have the foundational strength in our bodies. So, um, you know, we do coach runners and and triathletes and um, we have a couple high level umpires for field hockey that work with us. And one of them actually just went to the Olympics. We were super excited for her. So, you know, she had to pass a lot of these running base tests um, and, we still use the same type of programming. Obviously it was more catered to her exact needs, but she still did all of her strength work. She even brought a kettlebell to Tokyo, (laughs) which we were really excited. Um, And so, you know, being strong first is is super important, kind of whether you like it or not. Um, Someone who is stronger is always going to be better off than someone who lacks, uh, muscle mass or, or strength. Mm-hmm. Can, can you share more about why that is like, like, why is it important to be strong? Like, what does it prevent? What does it help with? Yeah. I mean, so just having more muscles on our bodies, especially as women, um, can only be helpful as we age. I don't like to call it getting older, but, <laughs> um, each decade, uh, we can lose a little bit of muscle mass, but the opposite side of that is that hypertrophy or building more muscle can happen at any age. And and there are some new studies out saying that a lot of this doesn't even happen until we're over 60. So if you spend a lot of your time before you're 
60, building up and gaining as much muscle as you can, um, especially for women, we're more prone to um, osteoarthritis and, and various things related to hormones changing, um, then you'll just be a lot better off whether your goal is to continue running or whether your goal is just to continue your um, activities of daily living without needing help from someone else. So uh, I think having strength as long as possible is only going to be beneficial for longevity um, for just about anyone. Yeah. I think sometimes when we think about strength, we think of the aesthetics and you go to, if you've never like have had experience with lifting, you think of someone in like a body competition and you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get giant muscles, even though it's like really hard to put on muscle, but like we think that, but really, like you said, like just the daily living, like daily Mm -hmm. living, you need strength to Mm -hmm. move throughout life. Yeah. And a lot of those wins that we hear, um, from our students are about their daily life. And they're like, you know, um, you know, we have a different age range of people that we work with, but folks in their forties to early sixties will say, I needed help, like putting my shoes on or like tying my shoelaces. I had to always put them up on like a table or get in a weird position to tie them. And now they don't have to do that. So that's a big deal. If it's something that you encountered every single day, multiple times a day. And now it's just like, I don't even think about it, you know? Yeah. Um, That independence again. Yeah, totally. And I think like regarding aesthetics, um, you know, nutrition is always going to be the biggest factor there. So, so, uh, there's a lot of different ways to approach that. Like we, we mostly use, um, precision nutrition and, and their whole ideology, but um, Patrick and myself and a couple of our students have kind of taken it one step further and and done stuff with macros, um, with RP strength, they have a, a diet app, which is pretty good and, and caters to an individual's metabolism and, and their goals. So, uh, I think that can be really powerful people, especially ladies might always think like, oh, I need to reduce body fat no matter what. And if you want to get stronger, (laughs) um, we can't always be in a caloric deficit. Otherwise it's going to be really hard to get stronger. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's, there's definitely two different avenues that, that we try to approach building strength. Yeah. So the program that you have that I was checking out, it's about working out from home, which is really interesting, especially now. I don't know who knows what's going on this fall, but it'll be interesting. I know. I know that here in Chicago, as of tomorrow, we have to wear masks again and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But so this, this idea of being able to get strong while at home, can you share more about that and like what that can even look like if something happens or maybe you're in a cold, cold climate and you don't want to go to the gym this, with this yeah, winter. Totally. Um, and we had kind of done it a little bit before the pandemic started um, because when we had been in New York city and then relocated a little bit outside of the city, we kept training some of our students via FaceTime. So we knew that it worked right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think the beauty of working with kettlebells, um, they don't take up a lot of room and it's 
you don't really need to service them because they're made of iron. So you don't have to like service your treadmill or, or things like that. Um, and we had experience with it directly when um, our son was born. He's five and a half. And my husband basically trained exclusively from our living room in our tiny apartment um, so that when he wasn't working, he could just be home as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and then also just my kind of postnatal training was on a little yoga mat, basically with a couple bells. So uh, we knew that this could work and that actually training from home might be more effective for a lot of people if they just had the right direction and, and someone to guide them, uh, whether it be weekly or monthly or whatever. Um, so that was kind of our little beta test before the pandemic started. And then after we just really continued with that strategy. Yeah. One of the things that like was really good for me, like why I started running or like why I picked running was because there were no barriers. Like you didn't have to drive Mm -hmm. somewhere to go running. You just go put shoes on right? a sports bra. (laughs) And then you just like go out your door versus like when I thought about going to a class and now I do go to a class, but like back then when I was first getting started, it was like, there's so many barriers and there's so many obstacles to even just get to the gym. Right. But like being able to just, Oh, I have my weights here and here's mm-hmm. what I do. It just, mm-hmm. it makes it, yeah. Like it's more possible for more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what the exact, uh, percentage is, but I know I've read things that say like, if your gym is more than 10 or 15 minutes away from where you live, like you're probably not going to go that often because it's just a time suck to have to drive really far. And we're, we're already very busy with whatever we do in our lives. So, um, I think if we can keep students accountable to a program and, and showing up for themselves, um, without having to leave their home, or maybe they just go out into the garage or whatever, um, then that can be very powerful. And they don't have to feel like, I don't know what I'm doing when I go to the gym, or I don't know how this machine works or where things are located. So just trying to really strip away all those fears and barriers, like you said. Yeah. That's another big one too. Cause I don't know how many times I've had, you have like the $10 membership to planet fitness and you're like, great. It was $10. And then you show up there and you're like, I don't know what the F to do. And right. so then what do you do? Oh, I'll go on the elliptical. Cause I know how to do the elliptical. Right. Um, and you know, burn a bunch of calories, but it doesn't help pass that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're very pro training at home and, um, we had had a, a pretty large brick and mortar and now we train out of our 10 by 20 foot garage and arguably like have better results doing that. So you don't need a ton of space if you just have the right tools and, and have a plan as to what to do. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what does like, what does working out look like for you? You personally, like, what is it in your, your day (laughs) or your week? Um, right now I'm training about five or six days a week. And generally three of those days are more conditioning based um, and two to three of them are more strength based. Um, I am assisting at a strong first certification at the end of September in Florida. So I have to be prepared uh, to recertify. So 
even if you're an assistant, you have to demonstrate all of the physical skills before the cert. Like we get in the night before and we have to do all the test out type stuff. So um, just trying to make sure that it's fresh in my toolbox and ready to go. Um, and then there is an additional challenge, if you will, that, that Strong First has. Um, my husband has the version for men. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to put it out there that I am going to try it. Uh, <laughs> you have to try it in person, which is like more nerve wracking than anything. Um, and it's essentially a pistol squat, um, for women it's with 24 kilos so 53 pounds. Um, it's a military press. So just strict overhead press also with 24 kilo, you can pick whichever arm that doesn't have to be both. And then a weighted pull up with the 24 kilo. So that is the challenge. Yeah. I can, I can pretty much do the first two, but being able to, to nail this pull up is, you know, it's going to be intense. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh gosh. A lot of my time has been spent towards training for that. Um, But we're using a strategy, which is called grease the groove. And essentially what that means is you're doing only one rep of a near maximal effort. In this case, all of those are near maximal efforts for me. Um, And you're doing that two to five times a day, but like at least an hour apart. So I'll try to go out in the garage sometime in the morning. And just a quick warm up. I'm not like spending a ton of time warming up. Yeah. I'll do one, you just do one rep of whatever you're working on. We've also had students do it for like push ups if they're really trying to get to nail their first push up or, or go from one push up to five. Um, and the progress is tremendously fast. Like it's pretty cool if you really focus on one movement, or in this case, I'm focusing on three, but um, generally just one. And committing at least like between two and six weeks to that skill. And then it just skyrockets. It's pretty cool. Um, That is really cool. Yeah. So there's anything you or your folks want to try, you can grease the groove. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too. So, so it, it literally, did you say one rep? Yeah, you just do one, but it's at an intensity that's pretty high. So like you probably couldn't, more than one. Yeah. Right. Right. But again, like, um, it's a really cool way of thinking of like getting fitness into your day. I had Mm -hmm. someone else on the podcast and we were talking about how like we sit for, you know, so much of your day. And even Mm -hmm. if you go to a 30 minute workout, but for the other 23 and a half hours in your day, you're sitting, It's not all that great, but thinking of this, like, okay, cool. I'm going to go walk to my garage. I'm going to go walk to my living room. So then you're getting steps in, just moving there. I'm going to go do this one rep. That's intense. But like, even just that, like, I don't know. So it should, should only take a few minutes to do this. Like you're able, like, I don't know. My Apple watch goes off at every like minute 50, like that could be something that you can do in your day. And again, it removes those barriers and gets movement in. Totally. And like some folks will have the chin up thing in the doorway. So they'll use that same strategy. Like whenever they pass it a couple times a day, just try and do one. Um, and you don't have to do it seven days a week, but 
if you want to see something improve quickly, then I would try to do at least five, five days a week where you're greasing the groove and it'll just be like really fast. It's cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, (laughs) so we, um, we talked about how important it is to strengthen your body and put on muscle. Can you share more? So sometimes I'll talk to people and they do have um, issues with their joints and things kind of hurt, especially as we get older. And I want to say too, though, like I remember when I was probably like 10 years ago that I thought like, oh, my body hurts. Like this is just a part of getting older. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're in your (laughs) twenties. What the heck? If this is, if like being in pain all day is getting older, um, but the more that I started moving, the less pain I had. But can you talk a little bit more about joint health and how strengthening can really help with that? Yeah. Um, so we do use a system called functional range conditioning and they're on Instagram and uh, their kind of group class practice is called kin stretch. And what that does is like we kind of uh, isolate all of the joints Um, so we try and focus on one joint at a time and we try to improve, uh, active range of motion. So if you think of like passive, meaning if I'm laying on my back and you push my leg up as far as it'll go, that is more of a passive range of motion. But if I'm lying on my back and you ask me to lift my leg as high as it'll go, that is your active range of motion. So this system tries to make the active and passive range as close together as possible. Um, So some of us are just born like very flexible human beings for whatever reason. I'm not one of them, but uh, we've encountered a lot of dancers or yogis who are just really flexible um, passively, but actively there's just a huge difference and and that can lead to injury over time because we don't have control of the range of motion or we don't have strength at the end range. Um, and that's usually where people get injured is, is they were pushed past whatever capacity they had. Um, and then now they tore something or strained something or, or whatever. So we um, really try to prioritize that. Um, and we call it like joint strength training. Uh, it's not as exciting or like Instagrammable, but it really, really works. And, um, you know, with our own bodies and, and little aches and pains that we've had, um, I'm not going to say like, I never have pain on any given day. Definitely still wake up with aches and pains. Like if you're training, that's just what happens, but I would rather have pain from moving than being sedentary. (laughs) So with that, um, we try to just educate folks on how to have a toolbox as to what to do and and how to troubleshoot if they are in pain. Um, and obviously if it's something more serious, you need to go to a doctor and, and have it looked at, but, um, just the daily aches and pains, being able to troubleshoot that a lot better. Um, and knock on wood, neither of us have had any major surgeries, but, you know, we've had students with knee replacements, hip replacements, spinal fusions, like all, all the things. And, um, the system works really well, uh, for those types of people too. Um, and I think like with running in particular, uh, 
like you said, it's one of the most accessible things, but it's actually one of the most complex things to be good at. Like it's very hard to be a good runner. Um, I am not a good runner. Like I could, my goal is always like, if you told me I had to do a 5k today, like I could do it. Um, <laughs> that, that's about where I yeah. want to be, but I, I haven't done a marathon or, or anything like that myself. Um, but having your joints ready to take that type of um, impact and, and endurance training is, is really important. And if somebody is not strength training or trying to improve the range of motion in their joints, and then they're asking their body to move either as fast as possible or definitely faster than walking, um, it's going to be really intense. <laughs> and if you think about it, like sometimes if you go into a workout class or whatever the case may be, and, and you might be like, Oh my God, three sets of 10, like that is crazy. But running, if you just run down the block, that's like hundreds of reps, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to really prepare the body for whatever your life demands of it, um, is going to be really important. And depending on, on your goals or whatever hobbies you have, you either need more mobility training or less. Maybe you just need enough to not hurt when you're walking up the stairs or carrying your groceries, but maybe someone else is trying to master like doing the straddle splits. So they're going to need a whole different (laughs) mobility routine um, than someone else. Yeah. Um, So you share that you're a mom, you have two kids. Yeah. How, um, how do you and your husband both buy time for yourselves to like move your body? Like, is there, do you like plan it out? Like how, cause that's, and your, your kids are little. Yeah. Our son's starting kindergarten next week and our daughter is three. So, you know, who knows with, uh, the resurgence of the Delta variant, but, um, fingers crossed he'll be in school for at least a little bit. Um, they do have a mask mandate, but, um, yeah, it's been a challenge for sure, but I think um, I feel very grateful that movement is very important to both of us. I think it can be more challenging if your partner or family um, doesn't give you that social support. So there's not like resentment when the other person goes out to train because it's equally important to both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of just worked it out that uh, I, I generally train somewhere around like three to 5 PM range. Um, and my husband either trains at night or early in the morning. So he's probably got the short end of that stick, but, um, (laughs) it's kind of the way that it's worked out so far. And I think, uh, we used to have full-time childcare, uh, especially when we had the brick and mortar and the last 18 months we've had very little. That was one of the reasons we moved down here was closer to family. Um, but once the kids are in school, hopefully we can shift the time a little bit. Um, cause we'll just have more reliable care, but yeah, it is a lot of, you know, switching and covering for each other. Yeah. I think what you said is so true though. Like you both know each know that it's important to one another and, mm-hmm. If like, but if he didn't know that this is important to you, like it, and you didn't speak up for yourself, then it probably wouldn't happen. So I have, mm-hmm. I have like a lot of 
and I'm not a mom, I don't have kids. So, but I have a lot of clients or listeners who are moms and they, they don't have that support from their family or, you know, mm-hmm. people pop in and they're like, ah, I was supposed to be working out during this time. And now you're here. So yeah. Yeah. Setting those boundaries is really important. Yeah. I think setting the boundaries and really like we encourage folks to book it in their calendar or whatever, if they use paper um, and, and treat it like a meeting with your boss or, or a doctor's appointment. Like you're not just going to flake on that um, for no reason. Uh, And a lot of times people will put others needs before them or feel like, Oh, you know, in a few weeks, things will calm down. Like things are never going to calm down. (laughs) There's always going to be something going on or something that can, you know, derail your consistency. So I think for me, it's like, I've realized that I'm a much better human being um, when I'm moving and, and I can give back to my family and other people in my life a lot more effectively. Um, we were recently on vacation visiting family and, you know, we still got in some movement, but it's definitely different than usual. And I could feel just like a little anxiety creeping in. I'm like, I need to get back. Um, so I think also once you have a taste of that and, and how much better you feel over time, it's a lot easier to prioritize that part of your day. Mm -hmm. What does it look like? So with your little ones, are there things that like you guys are teaching them about movement? Obviously they're not going to be lifting a barbell or a kettlebell right now, but like, are there things? <laughs> they try. <laughs> are they that little kid in like the YouTube videos of their lifting? <laughs> yeah. I got to get some of those on camera. Yeah. Um, I think they're always looking at what we're doing Yeah, and um, we do something that's part of our morning routine which is from FRC, Functional Range Conditioning. Um, So it's called daily cars. So cars are a short word for controlled articular rotations, which is like a very boring word, but um, just doing your morning cars or kids call it morning stretches, but it's essentially like very intentional joint circles with every joint in your body. And once you know how to go through it, it only takes about 10 minutes. So a lot of times they see us doing that in the morning and sometimes they try to join in or like copy it or, or they'll just be like, oh, you're doing your stretches. I'm going to leave now. (laughs) Um, So I think they do see part of that. And uh, over the last nine months or so, we joined a local climbing gym and we're still very like noobs at climbing, but it's really fun. And our daughter, who's the younger one has taken to it pretty well. She really loves to climb and she'll put on the harness when they're that little, it like goes over their shoulders too. And she'll climb up the wall on the, on the rope. So um, that part is pretty cool. She's three. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Our son is definitely like a little bit more cautious. He's like the photographer when we're there. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's fearless for better or worse. She just goes up. So. Yeah. That's so cool to like have that inner confidence and strength at three. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> So you shared that you do your, your workouts five or six times a week and you do your, your daily cars. Is that what morning cars? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you make sure that you do on a daily basis for self-care or things that you have your clients do to make sure that they're taking care of themselves? Um, well, part we have like a couple parts to the morning routine, I guess. Um, I don't do it as much, but my husband does take his HRV upon waking in the morning. So that is heart rate variability. Um, and that can just tell you your physical preparedness for the day. So I know different, uh, like wearable tech has a different way of measuring it, whether you're using like an Apple watch or whoop, or, um, he uses a polar heart rate chest strap. Um, but his gives him like a one to 10 reading. So one being the worst and being the best. And then he dictates, uh, how intense his training is going to be based on that number. Um, so that is like a two and a half minute test that he does like still when you're in, in bed, cause you want to get your lowest heart rate for the day, ideally. Um, I had tried to do it. He's been doing, he hasn't missed a day, I think for like five and a half years. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> he's yeah. committed. Yeah. He's committed. Yeah. I had started it, but it was right when our son was born and when you have a newborn, like every day, yeah, bad. <laughs> so it was like giving me horrible readings. And I was like, well, this is the only time I have to train. So I'm going to do it. Um, so for me, the, the HRV reading was like, not as motivating. Um, but for him, it's been really helpful. Um, so he does that. Um, and then we do use the waking up app. Um, it's like guided meditations. Mm. Um, and so they have a short one for the morning, like 10 minutes. Uh, sometimes I'm sleeping through it, but if <laughs> I can be focused enough to sit up, then I will not fall back to sleep. And um, we try to do that as often as possible. And then the morning car. So the, the whole thing takes like 20, 25 minutes um, upon waking and Sometimes it can be like, oh, I just want to skip it because the kids are like making noise in the other room or our dog's whining to go out or this or that. But um, really trying to like prioritize ourselves first thing in the day um, can really be helpful just to have like a positive mindset throughout the rest of the day. Um, And I know a lot of people have said like, do the most important thing first. So if you can't physically train right away, then at least you could do one thing for yourself right away. Yeah. I think especially for moms, for women, for moms, but like doing something for yourself. And I would guess anyone, because the rest of your day is spent doing stuff for other Mm -hmm. people, your kids, Mm -hmm. your boss, your clients, Mm -hmm. whatever. So starting Mm -hmm. it with something for you. Yeah, totally. Um, And it just gives you like, I feel like everybody thrives on structure, even if they're like, I don't like to be so regimented. It makes me feel trapped. Um, but you know, even when we were on vacation and there was a lot of things that I didn't have control over. I was like, okay, I can still do these yeah. two things when mm-hmm. I wake up. So, um, it's a good way to just still have control of your day in some way. Yeah. It's grounding. Yeah. Especially when you're traveling, I think we're like, Ooh, ooh vacation. And then you find out like, it doesn't feel good. I agree with you that, um, I think I used to be one of those people that was like, I don't like structure, uh, but 
I know what it's like if I don't have structure. So here's why mm-hmm. I need to be the parent for myself and like implement that yeah. structure. Yeah. And the same thing comes up every morning. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do this meditation. And then it's like, no, you're gonna, cause right. <laughs> you're a better person when you do it. Yeah. The time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well have some ability to choose how you want to spend your day. Right. Yeah. You said there was something you said earlier, um, that when you do move your body, like you're just a better human being, how does like, what is like the, the night and day, like, how does it help you be a better human? Like evil Rachel and nice Rachel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, I guess, I mean, like people on the outside might be like, I don't know, you seem fine no matter what, but it's more just internally. I start to be less patient. Um, either with my kids or my husband or anybody. Um, I feel like my focus is affected. My motivation for other things in life is definitely affected. Um, and I know like we've had this conversation um, with our students about like, you don't really know how good it feels to feel good unless you're feeling good. <laughs> um but if you're always in the state of like being underslept and not moving and maybe not eating the best things, then you're kind of always in this fog and, and maybe you're just like, that's normal. That's how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get a taste of feeling better, yeah, you're like, oh, that's not how I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think when I get out of that routine, then I start to feel kind of just more in a fog and I'm like wanting to get back to how I'm feeling most times, which is good. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. What you said though, about not like we can get so used to things, just feeling crappy and thinking that's, well, that's just a part of getting older. Like I was 25 mm-hmm. and my feet hurt every day when I was getting up and my skin, like it would hurt. Like if you touched my skin, like it, I was just, I think it was just wow. like inflammation 25, but I was like, Oh, this is part of getting older. And now it's like, I'm 37 and I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, I just, but I just didn't know. I didn't know what it felt to feel good. Cause I was so used to just feeling crappy all the time and thinking this is just what aging is. Right. And I'm trying to like reverse that. I'm like, when I turn 40, I want to feel like better than 30. When I turn, I'll be 36. Like, next month. And mm-hmm. when I turned 35, I could honestly be like, I feel better than 25. So, you know, it can only improve at this point, you know, but you, you do have to have that shift in your mindset and, um, you know, fight people in your life telling you things like, Oh, I'm, this is just how it is when you get older, because you can really like write a different story for yourself if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask, um, anything that you think might be helpful for listeners? Um, I don't know. On Instagram at main street strength. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're doing a 1000 swing challenge this fall. So we'll be talking about it on Instagram and kind of how people can get involved in that. So Great. And you have, is it a free, is it a kettlebell um, guide for people? Is that? We had just done a free summer IG live series. Okay. Um, 
And next week is actually the final week, but all of the workouts are still available on our grid. Um, so anybody can just hit the IGTV tab and they can see all of them. And every session was 16 minutes. So tried to just make it short and sweet, but That's- it was pretty challenging. <laughs> Yeah. No, but that's amazing. Again, like 16 minutes we have, there's 1,440 minutes in a day. So 16 minutes is so doable. Again, it removes those barriers. Like you can do it Mm -hmm. for 16 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And you just need one kettlebell. It's two skills. We did swings and Turkish getups. Um, and that was it. Cool. Well, I'll put the links to everything in the show notes so people can connect with you. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. It was great to meet you. Thank you. 